You're listening to Business Stories with Ryan Arcarachi, where I speak to business professionals from all walks of life. Thanks for listening, and let's get to it. Hey, we're back. It's episode 56. And today, I have a guest I'm really excited to talk about, someone who has been in the media industry for quite some time. She's here to talk about how to take your entrepreneurial spirit, your voice, and get it out there in the media, get yourself seen, get yourself heard, and develop your brand that way. Rena Friedman Watts, thanks for being here. I'm excited to talk to you. Thank you so much. That's an awesome intro. Yeah, I have really navigated between working for others and entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship and potentially working for others. So I have experience on both sides of the fence. Right. So talk a little bit about your background. Obviously, you know, one of the greatest things you had going on a long time ago was being on and working in the media world, especially on one of the more popular shows, daytime shows of the 90s, the Jerry Springer show, you were a producer. Um, talk about sort of how, how you fell into that role as I think you were a college student at that time and you were, you know, you kind of fell into finding that that opportunity. How did that work? Yeah, so I worked for an NPR station in college and really wanted to read the news and weather and work in the radio in- industry. And I drove up to Chicago, interviewed at WGN, and then didn't get the job. But while I was in Chicago, I saw a flyer that Jerry Springer was looking for interns. And so it was right across the courtyard. And I walked across to NBC Tower, told them I wanted to meet with the intern coordinator, got through security, and ended up starting there two weeks later. You know, I could have just been frustrated that the other opportunity didn't come together, but Sometimes when you broaden your perspective and notice other things, your your life can go in a direction that you didn't expect. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> so. So you so how did you actually end up getting the gig there? You just kind of came in and had a couple interviews, or it really was one interview. It was that interview. Yeah, wow. I told them that I was graduating in a couple of weeks and that I had worked. Well, I had interned at a news station, WLFI in West Lafayette, and that I had worked for an NPR station for two years. And yeah, I was just hungry to to work in the entertainment industry. I also had another interview at, it was like, the not the New York Stock Exchange, but another stock exchange in New York, and they were looking for a production assistant. Mm-hmm. But New York seemed a little bit more intimidating, and Chicago is still a drive away from my home. So, right. and plus, I was a fan of the show. My family were fans of the show, so it wasn't really a far stretch from my Kentucky upbringing. <laughs> <laughs> so, what what did you? I mean, here you are, you're you're a young person coming out of school. You don't really know yet what you're getting into. I feel like when you're on a show at that level or working on a show at that level, there's a tremendous amount of pressure. I I can imagine you were pretty nervous coming in there. And like, what did you, how did you, how did you take it? And what did you learn mostly there? Yeah, that actually is a great question. And you're right. I was nervous. In fact, pretty much the entire time that I worked there, every show backstage, I was nervous. And I truthfully, no matter how good the guest was, I never a hundred percent was confident that the show was going to be good, you know, because you can book the story, brief the guests, 
work with them backstage. And once they get out there, you really don't a hundred percent know what they're going to do. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Especially with the lights, the camera, the action. Sometimes people freeze in front of the crowd. Sometimes people can't remember their own story. Sometimes. Yeah. They just get nervous and completely freeze. Because you're not, yeah, you're not dealing with professional entertainers or people who are accustomed to being in front of a camera 24 seven. You're dealing with just people that have never really performed before or done anything. I mean, I'll tell you, I had this girl who was a screamer over the phone. She was a prostitute and she was proud of it. And she was spilling all her guts over the phone. Yeah. And right before she was getting ready to go out there, she was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm like, like you're doing this daily. Like, what do you mean you can't do this? I was like, what do you need to do this? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is nuts. Yeah. She had kind of like a panic attack. I mean, I ended up kind of like talking her off the ledge, but it was like adult babysitting. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, you know, if you look at the way you're doing things now, now you're, well, you're running your, your podcast better called daddy, right? Yeah. You're also consulting you know, entrepreneurs on how to find their voice. And I think the interesting thing is back in the day, you had media personalities that were just famous before the internet or before social media. You had, you know, like Jerry Springer and you had Oprah and you had Sally, Jesse, Raphael and all these people that were doing what people are doing now, but they were doing it only through the television. Now we have all these outlets. So I want to pick your brain about how entrepreneurs develop a media presence nowadays when a lot of them could be like you said they have stage fright or they're introverted how do you consult people around that or what have you learned within yourself through that yeah I mean I was just talking to an entrepreneur today and he's in the healthcare industry and I was like you know I I I recently did a poll on LinkedIn like I drove by a billboard this week in Houston and it's like best places to work. And it's like a huge billboard. And I was like, Hmm, I've never heard of that company. Like I thought about potentially looking it up, but then I'm like, who needs to put a huge billboard about this being a best place to work? If it really is right. Right. Today, I feel like the employees that are posting that they actually love their job or the cool things that they're doing, that is way more impactful than a billboard stating you're the best place to work. I mean, how believable are these billboards? How believable are these awards that people are paying for? I mean, in the podcasting industry, there's podcast awards in, you know, the corporate industry, there's these best workplaces, but you know, if I'm going to want to work somewhere, I'm going to be much more swayed to check out a place if the employees are posting about the creative work that they're doing or the teams or the events or yeah, those type of posts, I think do really well. And I think speak volumes about your company. Right. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, entrepreneurs need to understand that their voice is the voice of their employees, their partners and their clients. And I think nowadays that voice transmits a lot quicker. Yes. Um, and that's the scary thing because it's like a chain reaction. It just, it just it's one bad thing can spread, you know? So, so yeah, you, this entrepreneur yeah. who I was talking to today, he was like, 
a lot of times when I am putting on presentations, the companies who I'm putting on presentations for like, oh, I've never heard of that. I was like, if you're putting on presentations with like-minded people in your industry and they haven't heard of technology that you're using or you know about something in healthcare that you can be more transparent about, yeah, that's perfect for creating content around, whether right. that's in a white paper, whether that's in a newsletter, whether that's just a status update on LinkedIn right. or a poll. Like, hey, have you ever heard about this tool? I'm using it and finding it that that's the quickest quote I've ever gotten, you know, for group benefits or, you know, yeah. anything in that industry. Like, right. I think posting things that are valuable to your prospects is what you should be doing. Right. Right. Almost being educational yes. and informative. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, thought leadership is great, but give us a little bit about how you got to the role that you're in. Yeah. Right. Not it's wonderful. The information that you want to share and the expertise and, and, and talking about the business that you do, but everybody wants to know the backstory. Like, did you always dream of doing that position? Yeah. Has that position changed over the 30 years that you've been in it? Yeah. What technology are you incorporating? Right. And, and what's the future of the business from your take, right? right? Like what is the business now and what do you see for the future? And have you always wanted to be in that? Are there yeah. other skills that complement what you're currently doing? So when you when you talk about this, like and we we talk about all all the time, you know, getting your voice out there through podcasting. Do you have any stories like people you've worked with who have really taken sort of your your advice and seen some success from it in particular? I mean, just recently, even I connected with a guy over Twitter. I've been kind of getting more active on that platform and it just brings totally different people your way. Yeah. And yeah, I had a realtor on the show and after our conversation, he felt so inspired. He started his own podcast. He had been on other people's podcasts before he yeah. had his own show, his own radio show years ago. And he loved our conversation and kind of really how I was like encouraging him that it's so easy to do now that right. he created a logo, made his first recording, you know, put out there to his audience that he's going to do it. Yeah. And, and started, I've had two, two or three people that have been on my podcast have decided to start their own. There is no bigger compliment to me than that. Right. And, you know, I do tell people like, before starting your own, I think it's a really good idea to guest on other people's or to practice interviewing people who potentially could be good guests for you. And good guests are people that are patient, yeah. people that know you well, people that are your cheerleader, you know, they're going to have some grace with you if you need to restate things. And also they're going to fill in your gaps. Like if they feel that you need somebody to come in and talk, they'll have your back. Right. Right. I think so the who, hardest, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, so who are those people that you've done business with? So, you know, I, I, I spoke to a guy today 
I, I worked for a financial firm in Chicago and it was my job really to reach out to CPAs, financial advisors, estate attorneys. And I was putting on these small like lunch and learn events. Yeah. So this insurance agent, financial advisor, he ended up attending one of my events that had around 75 people. And he was really impressed that I had booked the speaker and done the marketing around the event and kind of how the event unfolded. And afterwards we connected and he was like, hey, I'm going to this event this week where financial advisors learn how to tell their stories. He was like, would you like to go with me? That seems really up your alley and I'll sponsor the ticket. I was like, yeah, that's amazing. It is mm -hmm. totally up my alley. Yeah. So I went with him to this event. It was about $2,500 a ticket. Mm -hmm. And I shot a behind the scenes of it, you know, kind of as a thank you. And yeah. two, just to show him like, hey, you can literally from your phone with your iPhone, shoot the behind the scenes of him, you know, on camera, some B-roll footage, summarize all of the main points that I found to be useful for the event and create a little video and create a little post. And that got thousands of eyeballs and it shined the light on him, right? And it's literally that easy, like document your journey. Yeah, I think stories are powerful. And I think the problem is, is that uh, entrepreneurs think so much about just the business side and selling yes. and marketing. And they get so narrow-minded on that, that they forget that you need to connect with people on a human level. And human beings like to hear about your history, your story, your background, because it gets them to connect with you on a personal level. Oh my I God. Think, it's all about relationships. Right. It really, really is. And, you know, a couple of my former clients that have come to me too, like, I've had people that come to me and they want help getting on podcasts or they want, or they've listened to my show and they're like, we love your guests. You know, would you send us some of your best guests? So I've had, you know, people utilize me to book them guests or to book them on podcasts. And yeah. the thing is with getting you on podcasts that you would be good for is there's a lot that goes into that. Actually, it's not just a numbers game. It's what can you add to the conversation, right. right? Like, have you listened to the other guests that have been on their show and what can you add to that? Right. It's not just what you've got going on in your business, yeah. but what can you add to the conversation? What value can you bring? You know, you're going to have time to promote your book or your business or how people can connect with you at the end of every episode. So it's really, how can you be an entertaining guest? How can you be high energy? How can you make it a win-win for both parties? Right, right. I mean, I think it's all about really, and you know, you it's becoming a presence uh, and showing your personality. I think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs, not all of them are ready to do that. I mean, and you talked about it earlier, how you have that girl who was at stage fright, you know, on the phone, she was, you know, sociable fun, exciting. And then you put a camera in front of her and then all that goes away. How do you like advise somebody to get out of that shell? Cause it seems like it's really hard. If that's who you are and you're not a natural in front of the camera or on the mic, what do you, what do you coach people? Yeah. Get that, How do you coach that is people? actually, I've seen it with executives too. Yeah. And truthfully, sometimes you have to turn the light off. You have yeah. to tell the host to scooch over and you have to like, it, it's almost like a Tony Robbins moment of, you know, breaking them out of it. Um, yeah. So, 
you have to you have to know the person right Right. you have to be able to give them their story you have to know their story so well that like if they can't tell it you can remind them of it right 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 so yeah i've literally had to stop down a shoot before and just be like hey like you know not only do you work in healthcare, but you're an emt you know you're a dad i know you love to bike you have to just remind them of who they are. And I'm like, hey, just talk to me. Like, don't even look at the host. Don't even look at the camera, right? Like, let's just have a conversation. Let's practice. Right. Or even let's do a couple jumping jacks or let's shut our eyes and breathe for a moment. Right. You know, do a vocal warm up. Right. It's it's kind of just breaking them out of where they are and letting letting them know that, you know, you have to kind of ignore the camera like it's not there. Right. And sometimes that takes more than once, yeah. you know, really the lights and the camera and the green screen can be so intimidating. I know because I've, I've stepped in front of the camera myself and I personally am more comfortable behind the camera as well. So I just, I'm happy to go sit in the host chair and I've done the pre-interview. I've done the pre-screen. I know the people's story, like I said, before we even start rolling. I think right. it's really important to be able to, to, to know your guests. Yeah. And I think it's, it's true in business too, because you want to know your customers. Yes. And oh God. Yeah. Even things that you don't think you need to know, you should know. hundred you know? percent. Um, so I think it's important to, to, to understand that, um, I mean, any particular experiences, like you, you started your podcast, you have the better called daddy podcast, which I'm interested. I've, I've listened to a couple and how, like, how did that come about and how is that shaping? Like how you brought your dad in, which I think is interesting. Um, what's that dynamic like? Yeah. Thank you for asking. My idea has, you know, evolved, but in the beginning it was like, I thought it would be cool to demonstrate some of my casting abilities. Like I have spent many years casting reality TV show people. And so I thought it would be cool since I have access to some of them still or talent from shows that I've worked on to bring some of those people on. And then to be honest, I was inspired by Jerry Springer's format of bringing on like shock and awe types of stories and then ending it with a final thought. And I was like, well, you know, my dad's my best friend. He's my hero. He's my number one person I call all the time. He could do the final thought. He knows how to summarize my thoughts. He has wisdom to offer. You know, he's been an entrepreneur for 40 years. Anytime I have a problem with my business or my life, he's always who I call. Right. So it started off where, you know, I booked a KKK member that wanted to be a Jew. I booked a Jeffrey Epstein survivor. I booked Evan Carmichael, who's got 2 million subscribers on YouTube. I was trying to really get the audience's attention, but what stuck and what has evolved is that a lot of stories that have come my way are people that either have inspirational fathers or absent fathers or daddy's girls or want to know about my relationship with my dad. And so I've been leaning more into that because those are the guests that have really resonated with my show. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting to think about, you know, I mean, I was a huge fan of the Springer show. And I was, I'm the same, like with you, or you're talking about the shock and the awe 
I mean, I was, I'm always been a fan of anything sort of not mainstream and underground. And so like I, when I was a kid, I couldn't stand the whole like, Oh, picture perfect family with this and that. Like to me, that was boring. Like I wanted to see the opposite of that because that existed in our country too. But what's interesting is that how many people like other people were drawn to that sort of, I don't know, like picking up the mat on society and showing like what's underneath. You know what I mean? And that to me is really interesting. And I think like you said, you know, these, these stories and these guests you have, you follow that format. I think it really draws in a lot of, a lot of interest. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah. You know, I think too, the talk show industry was like right before reality TV kind of took off. Right. And so people really wanted their 15 minutes of fame. And I'll tell you now that I've interviewed Jerry Springer himself, I think these diamond in the rough, you know, not mainstream guests that you're talking about are honestly so much more captivating and interesting because they're unedited. Yeah. There are no hold bars. Like they are the open books that haven't perfected their story yet. Right. You know, a lot of times you get these pitches from PR agencies or, authors and they have their story so baked yeah it's really hard to get them to say something that they haven't already said yeah you get somebody who's never been on a podcast before on your show you're gonna get a lot more magic right i think a part of that is vulnerability though right because i think you have to be your guests have to be completely open to going and opening up sometimes about personal things emotional things their past um and like you said, you don't have that when it's baked. It's it's too perfect or it's too scripted or something, right? You don't have that raw emotion. Yeah. And I really try to actually encourage that. Right. It doesn't it doesn't have to be perfect. Look at me. I just said it doesn't, it doesn't have to be perfect, right? Yeah. People appreciate a pause or you thinking. People don't mind if you stutter on one word. They want real. Actually, real does way better than edited. Right. Right. It makes you human. It makes you relatable. Yeah, totally. I agree. I talked to somebody today about workplace discrimination. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm open to all kinds of ideas as long as you're willing to share your daddy story too, (laughs) or give me a little bit about your upbringing. Right. There's so many people that are afraid to talk about their upbringing or afraid to talk about being fired or afraid to talk about being arrested. I'm telling you, the people that are willing to admit to that are so much more likable. Right. Right. But I also, when I worked in TV and even on my own podcast, you know, if somebody says, I don't want to talk about something, I actually feel hesitant on whether I even want to have them on because I've interviewed people who I danced around certain issues for, and then I didn't even end up airing it because I I wasn't able to truly ask questions in a way that I even felt like it was me. Right. So you're almost faking it. Right. Right. If there's too many things that you can't talk about and you're not able to just flow in what you want to ask, it doesn't 
feel the same. Right. Right. So what have you like, what, what do you feel like you've learned working with your dad on these, these podcasts? Like what kind of takeaways have you gotten just getting your dad involved? And obviously yeah. it's, it's a different generation. It's a different time between you and him and like, you know, me and my parents or anybody's parents, it's a different generation. So. Yeah. Well, recently yeah. we had a guest, Connie Polk, who my dad actually met in Chicago I wanted to do an episode where she interviewed me. I had already interviewed her, but my dad hadn't listened to our interviews yet. Mm -hmm. And before I moved, I was like, Hey, you can meet one of my favorite guests in person. You know, we're all going to meet in the studio and they did a little session together, but he didn't know her backstory. Mm -hmm. And then when he listened to it and was doing the reaction, it really changed his perception of abortion having had met her in person mm -hmm. which that to me was such an interesting moment like I never we never would have had a conversation really about abortion unless I would have had you know a guest bring that my way right and right. he was saying like he was so much more compassionate around it having met her in person so I I learned that even though you were raised one way, or even though you believed a certain way, most of your life meeting someone who has done something that maybe you don't agree with. I, I think your perspective or opinions on things can change. And I think that that's really beautiful. Another change that I've seen is, you know, my dad was upset that my mom wanted to not have any more kids. And she got her tubes tied early, like at like 27 or something, because she had mm -hmm. three by 26. Yeah. And, you know, my dad wanted to have more kids and he thought about <laughs> sperm donation. And I ended up having somebody on the show who I think is like a father to like 23 through sperm donation. I mean, a high number. Yeah. And after my dad heard his story, he thought that his, his, opinions on that definitely changed. And he was glad that he didn't do that. And he, he questioned that guy's motives. And they actually had a little bit of a back and forth that was kind of uncomfortable. I was like, okay, dad, you made your point, you know? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. But yeah. Just different subjects that I never would have had conversations with my dad about have, yeah. have come my way. Even, you know, I interviewed a KKK member and I was like, Hey, you know, now that he's reformed and, and he's helping people, learn about his record and 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 why he changed his beliefs would you have that guy in our house <laughs> yeah so that was an interesting conversation too yeah would he have would he have that guy in his house i think so you know i mean he's speaking at synagogues now and he's wanting to convert to judaism which is pretty remarkable yeah but I have to say, uh, yeah. when I was interviewing him and he has this German accent and he was talking to me about the Jewish jokes he used to make and mm -hmm. I, I was a little triggered. It was a little uncomfortable, but how else are we going to have peace in this world if you can't talk to people who scare you? Right. Right. You almost have to check your emotions, right? And kind of be aware of how you feel at that time. I mean, you, I, I have a Palestinian girl who follows a couple of them that one follows me on Instagram, one follows me on Twitter. And 
you know, she said that she'd like to make peace between Israel and Palestine. I'm like, well, that's an interesting conversation, you know, and definitely heated. And I, I, she's friends with some of my friends and I'm, I'm open to having that conversation. Right. You know? Yeah. It's uncomfortable though. Definitely. <laughs> it is. It is. But you know, I mean, we know in entrepreneurship, it's all about getting uncomfortable. <laughs> really? Oh. I'm- all the time all the time because it's 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 scary sometimes so i have a client right now that is late on payment and you know i'm dealing with the third person in the company like my first point of contact moved on and my second point of contact moved on and now i'm on the third contact at the company and you know we didn't have the original agreement and she's not really honoring the original agreement and but it is a big customer and it's work that I love doing but I don't like having to chase the money I mean they've been my client now for a couple of years and I know they're good for it but it doesn't you know your work doesn't feel valued if they don't pay you on time right exactly yeah and I don't even let other customers operate in that way but they're such a big customer that you know I agreed to net 30 right but not net 60 and not net 45. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to just kind of like, you know, bring it back to if people are listening and they really want to get involved with the value you bring in terms of helping them understand how to create their voice. Cause that's, I don't really know how to say it, but I think that's the way you say it, creating your voice as an entrepreneur, because they're so most of most entrepreneurs I know are not out there like, you know, like the Bill Gates and the Oprah Winfrey's. They're not out there showing their face. They're trying to, to to run their business and go home. So, you know, how do people connect with you about that? Where do they start? How do you start working with them? You know, and how can they sort of evolve into having less stage fright? Yeah, there's situation. different levels of it. I mean, if you don't feel comfortable fully putting yourself out there, maybe there's somebody else in your organization who could be a spokesperson for your company. Right. And you can add to other people's conversations. I mean, there's so many content creators today. Who are your competitors? Can you comment on what you guys share in common can you get into the conversation like are you even searching who your competitors are i mean how amazing would it be if you respond on one of their posts before they do and say something of value start conversations with people who are doing what you do right right search the hashtags of the most important things in your industry social determinants of health or benefits or HR, I mean, you can search hashtags on any platform. Mm-hmm. Do you know who the thought leaders are? Are you weighing in on those conversations? That's a really good way to start, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And who are the podcasts in your industry? I'm constantly discovering new podcasts every day. Right. And and can you be a guest on one of them? Can you have a conversation with one of them? Are they doing any virtual events that you can be a part of? Right. And if you're going to events, are you researching the people that 
are at those events and who would be most beneficial for you to connect to? Are you connecting with the speakers beforehand or is there somebody in your organization that can kind of start those conversations for you before you even attend? Are right. you posting that you're going to be there? Are you running a poll asking all of your colleagues, are, are they going to be there? Yeah. It's, right. it's really that simple. Right. What are you doing in business and what do you want to be doing in business? And are you starting those conversations online? Right. No, that's totally interesting. I think it's, it's great. Um, I don't think, and I think if you're not doing it, somebody else is, that's the reality, right? And Big they're the time. ones, they're the ones who get the eyeballs. They're the ones who get the customers. You can't get anything if you're sitting under a rock, you know, if you're not doing it, your competition is right. Right. That's key. So this yeah. has been good. Um, you know, what's one, th I mean, let's look at this. You're working with your dad on the podcast. What do you think you've learned most from your dad? Your dad's been an entrepreneur for a long time. What are some of the biggest takeaways you've gotten working with your dad? It's really about the long game. He is so good at big picture. I mean, yeah. he was even telling me with this client, he was like, they just signed you up for another 15 episodes of producing their podcast. Like that's another 15,000 bucks. Like, yeah. you know, are you going to harass them over, you know, net 45, right? Yeah. Um, also just being open to new opportunities. You know, I had an author reach out to me last year and she was looking for testimonials on a book that she was getting ready to put out. And I had never done that before, but one of the people who she wanted as a testimonial, I was connected to. And I was like, I have worked for podcasters and authors and I kind of know what they charge for celebrities. So I threw out a number and then we kind of met somewhere in the middle and I ended up getting her seven testimonials for her book. And then that led to me working on a second book. And then that led to her sponsoring my podcast. So yeah, another thing that I have learned is just being open to things that might be fun. And who do you like working with? What do you like doing? Right. How can you put that out there so that those opportunities come to you. You know, there was another content creator who I met through a content creator friend and she was asked to speak or keynote an event in Chicago and wasn't able to do it. And she put me up for it. So it's letting people know that you're open for speaking opportunities, letting people know that you love creating content, letting people know if they can't manage their social media, that you're a social media aholic. Like yeah. you have to kind of let people know what you enjoy doing. And you have to tell that story in so many different ways, because you might say it in a way which somebody wouldn't have thought of you in that way before. Right. Right. This has been good. I mean, uh, really, really insightful. Um, how how do people? Obviously, you have your your podcast, better called Daddy, out there. How else can people reach you or contact you with questions or, or want to get involved with working with you? Yeah, so I have been ramping up my Twitter, which is just at Rena Rena. So that's R E E N A R E E N A. Twitter is amazing for searching hashtags. And they have new audio rooms, which is kind of like Clubhouse, but they're not oversaturated. So you can get to know people in your niche and have conversations. Again, it's being a part of the conversation yeah. and doing it in a way that you enjoy. So I have found many conversations on there. 
on LinkedIn at Rena Friedman Watts, also on Instagram at Rena Friedman Watts. And, and I try to really speak the language of each platform. You know, Twitter right. is 140 characters, but you can do polls on there. You can do polls on Facebook. Actually, Facebook, another really good tip is there's Facebook groups for so many niches now. Like yeah. I started a Facebook group so that people that are on my podcast or people that follow me from platform to platform, like I have a private group of about 715 people. It's called Business Laughs and LinkedIn. And I started that just so I had a sounding board and a, and a place for my people to gather. And I ask my audience prompts all the time and I see what I get more responses on. And these are topics that I can consider covering on my podcast, like you need a place where you can pull your audience or you can ask for feedback or you can see how you can help people. Like right. if you really want to grow, that's what it comes down to is being a giver and yeah. helping the people and, and finding out what they're struggling with and who can you connect. Sometimes just making a connection for someone else is your only purpose in those two relationships. Right. Right. And being good with that. Yeah. Yeah. I did the same thing for this podcast. I started my own group of guests that can join, join in, chime in, you know, ask questions, introduce each other, things like that. So yeah, that's great. Fantastic. What's it called? The business stories with Ryan Arcarachi Facebook group. Amazing. <laughs> Very creative. Yeah. But it's that's out great. There. Yeah. I think I and sent you an you, invite. Yeah. Are you getting engagement? Well, I literally just started it like last week. So okay. I think I probably, I have to check today, but I probably have, I don't know, seven, 10 members right now, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a tight, close knit community of people that have been on the show and just, you know, want to talk. So that's great. And, you know, I get ideas from Quora, like what's trending on Quora. Yep. If something has been retweeted a zillion times, how can I say that in my own voice? Yep. James Altucher has a new app called notepad.com. It's notepad without the A in pad, and you can write 10 ideas a day. Other people have challenges and you can answer their challenges and come up with 10 ideas for challenges that they've come up with. There's so many places to get ideas, Reddit, Quora, Twitter, right? Yeah. And the things that are trending or the things that make you stop, put that in your voice, put that in your group and bounce that off of your people. Right, right. It's all about helping people and just solving problems. Right. And finding your people. Right. 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 Finding your tribe. Yeah. Well, Rena, it's been good. Thank you for coming on the show. I think it's been very insightful, a lot of value. Um, I hope we can uh stay connected, maybe do another show in the future. Anything upcoming you have going on? Any events, anything uh happening in your area? Yes, actually, I am working with a former guest of mine, John May, aka Johnny Spoiler. And we are getting ready to put together something that you can attend because it is going to be like podcasting for podcasters. Johnny may shout him out. He gets like, I think, oh my gosh, maybe a half a million downloads a month. Wow. He's been podcasting since 2013 and another guy, Jody Sperling, he is an author, a podcaster. He's very active on Twitter in the writing community. And we just wanted to create a panel and a conversation and that's going to be coming up mid October. So stay tuned. I will send you the link. Awesome. Yeah. 
I will post it in the group for sure. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really important to collaborate with other content creators, ones that are, you know, a little bit ahead of you, a little bit, you know, earlier on than you. Yep. See what's working, see what's not, see how you can collaborate. I love collaborating with other content creators. I feel like that that has made me better at it. Yeah, yeah. So I think our takeaways from today really are get out there, talk to people, don't go and sell, be a human being, tell your yes. story, be vulnerable, talk to others, help people, generally have empathy and care about other people's challenges and their issues. And you will see that opportunities will come from that over time. Also be a part of your competitors' conversations and how can you befriend them and even potentially even team up with them on occasion. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Rena. It was great talking to you as always. Let's keep in touch. Yes, thank you so much, Ryan. You've been amazing. Thanks. Hey everybody, it's Ryan here. Look, sales can be difficult. Maybe you're up at night thinking how you're gonna make that next sale. Maybe your sales team is struggling and you don't know what to do. Well, I've written a book called Customer Relationship Management Exposed. It's designed to help you figure out a process and system to be successful in sales and grow your business like you never have before. With Customer Relationship Management Exposed, you can make the right choices to find the right sales system to increase your sales exponentially. Pick it up on Amazon today.